Welcome to this week's edition of the Pete Mazzetti Show. I'm Pete Mazzetti sitting here with Christina White from the Limeland Trust. Welcome. How are you? I'm great. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming down. Well, thanks, thanks for, for inviting me. No problem. No problem. So, Christina, tell us a little bit about the Limeland Trust and exactly what you guys do. Well, we are the Lime Land Trust in Lime, Connecticut, and our basic mission is to conserve land. But now, because we've been doing this for over 50 years, it's much bigger. It's conserving land, it's managing land, and then educating our community, both within the town and at large, in a nutshell. Well, tell us a little bit about how you educate the community. So uh, I would say that it's evolved because okay. of COVID, things changed dramatically and we had a shift. Yep. Uh, we had to come up with a new plan. The old plan had always been to do everything in person, uh, lead hikes out in the woods, mm -hmm. do events with, at, the, at local spaces, whether at the Hadlime Hall or the Hamburg, the Lime Public Hall in Hamburg. Um, and we had to stop all of that, obviously, because we couldn't do anything in person. So right. then we said, well, what else can we do? And so we really took advantage of Zoom yeah. and we created a lot of educational events through Zoom where we would invite a speaker and they would come on and talk and we would interview them or they would do, a, they would do some sort of uh, topic and there would be a question and answer afterwards. And what was really great about it was because they could be anywhere mm. themselves. We didn't have to worry about commuting, finding right. them a place to live. You know, they could just be sitting in their living room and we could be sitting in our office or living room and having a conversation. So it actually turned out great and we had a lot of people participate in that. The second thing we did was start really focusing on videos and we would do educational videos out in our preserves, whether it was uh, flora and fauna in one of our preserves and like, what comes out in May or uh, the ecology of beavers at Hartman Park. Um, we also did, I'm trying to think of other ones that we've done. We also started a imagininglime.org which is, um, it's a photography, not a contest, but it's educating people on how to take pictures in preserves by getting advice from a board member who's a professional photographer. So he would come out with a topic and we would go out and videotape him out in the woods and then we'd post it and then we'd say, okay, everyone go out and focus on depth and he would do this video on right. depth and then, he then we would have people go out and then they would submit photos. Cool. And it wasn't, no one won a contest, it was really what we were trying to do was one, collect photos of all of our preserves uh, first of all. Second of all was allow people to go out by themselves safely so that to avoid, you know, obviously COVID right. and to get people out in our preserves was another reason. Um, and we had a lot of people very interested in doing that. So that start, those, all those things started and we're still doing them. Another thing we did was we put in um, wildlife cameras in all of our preserves. Oh, cool. And then uh, Sue Cope, our environmental director, who is amazing at videography, kind of did a, a snip and cut, collabor uh, what's it called? Not collage. Collage, thank you. And um, of the whole year. And it was one of our biggest viewed videos that we ever did. People thought that was just amazing and fascinating. So. 
we just keep doing those things. We just kept doing them. Uh, we actually just recently had a Zoom with Dr. Lucy Lambin, who is an archaeologist and um, specializes in Native American stoneworks. And we had like 170 people on the phone, on the Zoom call. Holy cow. All over the state because awesome. they thought it was so interesting. Okay. So um, that's really the, that's one side of it. The okay. other side that we're doing, we've done, is we've really been focusing on kids. We have this woman named Regan Stacy, a former board member, who has sort of taken upon it herself to get kids out in the woods. She has a group um, called the Tree Collective, which are high school kids. Now it's in their third year where they go out every other month and they do stuff in the woods and help us out. So they'll, they'll ask us, where do you need help? And they'll go out and do it. And she'll focus on some kind of ecology or something and teach them. And they go out and have a great time. Then we also have one for elementary school kids. Uh, every other month, and then, or every month, I should say, and then middle schoolers. And she's the one that leads all these. So we are able to, now that kids can get together after COVID, right. we've been able to do that. Um, another thing that we started doing after the COVID issues sort of got lower as far as the regulations, restrictions, mm -hmm. um, we started doing Tuesday treks. And then every Tuesday morning, either a board member or a staff member will lead a group hike in one of our preserves. And it's all different. Like Sue, for example, Sue Cope, our environmental director, she does a lot of looking at the ground and stopping looking at flowers and plants and mushrooms and stuff. Um, and Tony Irving does it, but he's really into trees. He was, he's a forester, graduate of Yale Forestry School. So okay. he does a lot of stuff on trees. And Wendy Hill does a little bit of both. And I'm one that's, I'm very interested in the Native American stoneworks. So I do a lot on that. And then I talk a lot about the history of the preserves, because that's sort of my thing. And I always walk really fast. So I'm always, it's like vigorous <laughs> hiking with Christina. So, All right. yeah, so you can see like, we've just been doing a lot of different things. Um, and in the, in the middle of all that, we're building a building, really? which is very exciting. Um, we are building a stewardship office barn, we call it, okay. um, which has been a long time in the making. And it's really the opportunity for us to have um, all of our equipment in one place, because it's everywhere, all of our files, and our staff together in one space. So uh, we're very excited about that. We're in the middle still. We've gotten most of our permits. But right now we're still waiting on the plans and the engineering plans, and this is there's a lot involved. So that's the other big thing that we're doing right now. Now, as far as your programs on Tuesday, what's it like when they go hiking with you? Um, well, as I say, it's pretty vigorous. Got I'm it. not a slow hiker. No. And <laughs> so um, I'm joking. I'm, yeah. I'm I go the speed of everybody. Um, it's usually an hour, an hour and a half, and I always try to pick something off the beaten path, so to speak. So uh, usually they're longer, sort of longer, tr longer hikes than some of the others. Okay. Um, but I do try to point out some interesting things along the way. So, uh, in as I say, it's indigenous people's stoneworks. Right. Now, um, that's a whole other topic I can focus on, but. Um, 
really, I've done a lot of study on it, and I just actually went out recently with an archaeologist from the Hegan tribe who basically agreed with what we believed was in our preserves. Okay. So it's sort of like, I look at it like, if it looks like an orange, smells like an orange, and tastes like an orange, it's an orange. Right. Right, it's sort of the same thing. Yeah. And you kind of do it reverse. Well, would a farmer build this in the middle of a bog, or would they build it on top of a ledge right. in the middle of stone, like that kind of thing. So that's what I do um, for my Tuesday walks. And they're every Tuesday? I will, well, the Tuesday treks are every Tuesday, right. but it's a different person every Tuesday. Uh, so I rotates. probably do mine, we, it rotates. So I do mine, I think it's every fourth week, okay. I, weekend I, or week I do it. So um, I've actually branched out now and I'm starting to do hikes for local hiking clubs. Oh, cool. um, I've met some people who really want to go and be led on hikes through the preserve. So I'm gonna be leading one this Friday with okay. a small group, a uh, small hiking group. So. I, I mean, I hike every day, so right. the more the merrier. Absolutely. Yeah. Now tell us a little bit about the preserve and exactly where it is, how, how, how big it is. Well, so <clears throat> we have, I'll put it this way. Okay. More than half the town of Lyme is protected open space. Got it. That means it's either owned by the Nature Conservancy, the Lyme Land Trust, the town of Lyme, the state, mm -hmm. um, or it's an easement. So it's privately owned, but the easement is basically a state record or a, a, a deed that basically says you can't build on this ever. Okay. And it can; those easements can be more extensive to the point where it's like you can only mow it once a week, or one, I mean, sorry, once a year, or you can't do anything on it. Or it's so it all depends on what the restrictions are on the easement. But gotcha. that basically means you can't build the easement means you can't build on it, and then yep. it can be more restrictive from there. So with all of that put together, more than half of the town, more than so it's thirty three square miles, mm -hmm. half of it is protected, never to be built on. Gotcha. So what the land trust, if you go on our website, yeah you'll find both town preserves and Lyme Land Trust preserves. Um, we really consider it all one. Um, we share our resources, we share our volunteers, we work very closely with the town of Lyme um, to protect our land. Right. So managing it, clearing it, um, having work parties on it, having vol big volunteer groups that come in, whether it's building bridges, they'll, they'll do stuff for our, on our properties and the town properties. So um, it's better to kind of call it that than to say we have 13 preserves, because right. it doesn't really mean anything exactly. when it comes to the, the amount that's protected. So Now, you guys obviously have a staff and a board of directors. You guys are a pretty big organization. We're not that big. I mean, right now we only have 12 board members, and then we have three staff, okay. uh, Sue Cope, who I keep mentioning, is mm -hmm. our environmental director. She and I are full-time. And then we have an accountant who works part-time. Gotcha. So it's not a big organization, but actually, compared to most land trusts in the area, it's big because yep. we have paid staff. Right. I mean, most land trusts locally are volunteers, so Absolutely. we're really fortunate to have paid staff. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And you guys actually work with a friend of mine who's Eric Hammerling from the Connecticut Forest and Park Association. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah, I mean, we do and we don't. He really works more in um, like state properties. Yep. So like within the Hannock, I know that there is a trail there that they manage. Yep. So we, and then, you know, we contribute to, they have a Connecticut Trails Day that they mm -hmm. sponsor every year. Yep. And so we contribute to that as well. We'll have two events that day. Um, we have a forest bathing, and then we have a family event in one of our, our smaller preserves that talks about pollinator plants and um, in our meadow that's sort of for families and, and kids, and they get t-shirts and all that kind of stuff. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, it'll be fun. Very cool. Mm -hmm. And we're doing that with Lyme Youth Service Bureau, so that's in oh, coordination okay. with them, So, which leads me to... We do a lot of collaborating. I yeah. mean, it's not just us. No. We work with a lot of different groups all the time to better the area. So it's not just Lyme, but right. the bigger community as well. So, Would you mind sticking around for another segment? Sure, that's right. it. We'll be right back. Okay. Selling your home for quick cash? Not so fast. Better Business Bureau recommends researching investing companies before you do business with them at BBB.org. Make sure the company has an official name, phone number, and physical address. Read customer reviews, keeping a close eye on any complaints or reports of dishonest dealings. Remember, scammers prey on a seller's desire to make a quick sale by offering deals that seem too good to be true. When considering an offer, ask plenty of questions and don't settle for vague answers. Don't let anyone pressure you into making payments off the books. You matter. You matter. You matter. And your words matter too. Your words matter. What you say in the hallways at school or in the student section at a game matters. Words can be hurtful. Words can be offensive. Words can leave scars. Words can also inspire. Support and uplift. You and your words. Are they both important? As a matter of fact, yes. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Pete Mazzetti Show. I'm Pete Mazzetti, sitting, sitting here with Christina White from the Lime Land Trust. Welcome back, madam. Thank we, you. We got another 13 and a half minutes to hang out. So okay. Let's, let's do it. Let, let's talk. But let's open this segment talking about the Tour de Lime coming up. I believe it's less than two weeks. It is. It's on June 5th. Okay. Sunday, June 5th. It's at Ashland Farm, which is on Bill Hill Road in Lyme. Yeah. Um, it's our ninth year that we've been doing it, which seems like it's going very quickly. Yeah. Or I can't believe it's going to be 10 years next year. I know. Um, it has been bumpy this through COVID, mm -hmm. where we were initially were supposed to have it in 2020. And then we ended up having it in September of 2021, yes. which really was discombobulating um, just because we had to manage it in a different season, so, okay. which is just very, I know it sounds crazy, but it's just really different. So we're actually having, we have, we're doing two turtle limes in one fiscal year, which yeah. kind of makes me at my head spin. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's coming up and really looking forward to it we did not have the mountain bike in september because of all the wind caused a lot of damage in our on the trails okay so we're doing we're back at it for the mountain bikers and i think we're going to have probably the most mountain bikers ever really? this year yeah so that's very exciting and um this year 
Uh, we'll have, as usual, we'll have all of our f normal food trucks. We have five food trucks. We have uh, Dan Stevens will be coming with his band and playing the blues. Okay. And we'll have beer, we'll have cider, hard cider, um, and a full picnic, obviously, afterwards. And then there's five different rides, and, you know, we just pray for good weather, yeah. basically. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. And how did the idea of the Tour de, the Tour de Lyme come about? So our president, John Pritchard, is an avid cyclist. Okay. And the board were sitting one day going, we need to come up with a fundraiser. And he said, well, I have this great idea. I think we should do something like the Tour de France, but in Lyme. Right. And uh, everyone yeah. thought he was crazy. <laughs> the board thought he was crazy. Right. But George Moore, who yeah. at the time uh, was the executive director said, I think it's a great idea. Right. Let's do this. Uh, well, first he thought it was crazy, and then he said, okay, let's do it. Yeah. And, um, and so it started out small. It started out in 2013, and it was a cra it was, we still had probably three or 400 riders. It was a damp, wet day. I remember it distinctly because I was going to ride and I'm like, oh, it's raining. I'm not going. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of other people did go. There you go. And, um, and it was at the Lyme Consolidated School in the field right behind the town hall. Okay. Um, discovered that that cannot accommodate everybody and the, all the cars that we need. And so then they went, to, we went to talk to Chip Dulkey at mm -hmm. Ashland Farm, right. and he said, yes, absolutely, you can use the farm. And so that's where it's been ever since. Right. Unfortunately, Chip passed away yes. uh, a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. and then his, um, his ex-wife, and on the behest really of her children, mm -hmm. bought Ashland Farm. Yes. And so sh I should say she and her husband, um, Bill, bought, uh, the, bought the farm, and we have this sort of unwritten understanding that we could have it there now f for as long as they own it. Absolutely. So uh, that in itself has been a huge success because it's in a very unique place. Mm -hmm. It's up on top sort of of a hill and it's all farmland surrounded by stone, old stone walls. Yes. So it's just so beautiful and the tent where we have the event itself is surrounded by stone walls. Across the street is where all the parking is, surrounded yep. by stone walls. And then everybody come, leaves and comes back from Ashland Farm and they go through the hills of Lyme and numerous towns and they get to ride in beautiful country and then they come back and have a great picnic, listen to music, have a beer, and have a great Sunday afternoon. So it just works out for everybody. Now how long is the ride? It depends. Okay. So the longest is 60 miles. Okay. That's called the challenge. Right. And actually we tend to have the most people sign up for that one. Really? Yeah. And then we have a 35 mile ride which is just long but not super difficult. Mm -hmm. A 25 mile which is a shortened version of that 35 miles. So basically it's go 25 miles and if you still want to go ride another nine or something, there you go. right? Then we have the 25 mile classic, which has a lot more hills, oh. which makes it a little more challenging than the others. And yep. then we have a 10 mile family ride, which is pretty flat. Um, and you know, you have all, we have a truck, actually the chief of the fire department follows in his truck 
to make sure everyone's safe. And then if everyone, anyone needs to stop, he has bike racks and people can jump into the truck. So we were able to kind of protect them as well. Oh, cool. Uh, and then we have two mountain bike rides. We have uh, a 14 or what is it, 15 mile ride. And then the, um, God, what is it called? I want to say it's the, the test, which is 26 miles, which is you got to know what you're doing. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to need to be picked up because it's it's a heart it's a it's a, a heart attack waiting to happen if you don't know what you're doing. So oh boy. So yeah. So we have a lot of different choices for people, and um, we get more people every year. It's very dependent on the weather. Yep. Uh, the week before is when the most like really when everyone signs up. We have. I just checked today, and we have like 350 people signed up. Okay. And now it's going to start getting more and more people because people are going to start looking at the weather, mm -hmm, and yeah. they're going to start seeing that it's nice. So far, it looks nice. Yep. Not exactly. And um, and then the week of, we just get a ton of people signed up, and then we usually get about 100 people that just sign up the day of. I was going to say because they're really guys, the last minute people. They're you like, guys we're do not, same day registration. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're like, they're yeah. like I'm not going to sign up until I wake up and I know the weather's good. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. So then we usually have between 650 700 riders, which is a perfect amount for parking and for fitting within that stone wall where the tent is and stuff. And all the money stays local. Right. Yeah, so it all goes to the our operating, yep. well, I should say, goes into the general fund yep. of the Lime Land Trust, and it supports everything we do. So I was talking to you before about education, but yes. another large portion of, I would say, the most money is spent in stewardship, and that mm -hmm. is doing large projects, whether removing invasives, building bridges, creating culverts, you know, um, taking trees down. We, we have to mow a lot of our fields. Okay. That costs money. Yeah. Um, so it it goes to everything, and then of course the operating as well of our operating an organization that like we have right. also costs money. So now, how are you guys doing as far as as the COVID goes from where we were when it first started to where where we are now? Well, we did a we had a great year. Okay during COVID, the, right. the couple of years during COVID. And that's because what else could you do? Exactly. But go out and walk in the woods. Exactly. And feel safe. Right. We actually put signs up in all of our entrances to all of our preserves that just said, you know, please be safe, you know, keep six feet apart, you know, just right. reminding people of sort of those, the, the rules. But um, as I said, I walked, I walk every day yeah. and I would walk, I walk a different preserve every day and throughout all of COVID, you never, it was never crowded anywhere, mm -hmm. but there was always people, but it just, it wasn't like, you know, you're standing in line and trying to hike through the woods. It, it just seemed dispersed through all of our properties. Um, but we had one of our biggest membership years because of right. people grateful for the fact that we had provided them a place to go and get outside. Absolutely. I mean, how fortunate are we that we were able to get outside when all yeah. these people in the cities weren't allowed to leave their apartments. Exactly. So um, they were grateful for that. Absolutely. And what, what other thing, what other programs do we want to tell people about with, with the Land Trust? Um, what else do I want to talk about? So we're doing a couple things with, we are actually, one of the things we have applied, we have applied for a bunch of grants. Okay. So one of them is working with Connecticut Audubon, doing a bird count within one of our preserves, which we had actually 
we had worked with both the federal government and local landowners to clear a large area of land um, that does not have trails on it okay. for cottontail, New England cottontail habitat, because it's one of it's one of the um, species that is endangered. But what came out of that was this whole area became a huge important bird habitat because it was an early successional forest, which basically means it's sort of lots of uh, bushes and low th trees, mm -hmm. and birds love that, especially migrating birds. Right. So it turned into this unexpected boon for birds besides, and then of course all the other flora and fauna that happened to love that kind of open area. Right. And so now we're going to be doing a study to see really what kind of birds are there. What do we need to do? Do we need to cut back? Do we need to do another cut? I mean, it's one of those where we want to continue this forever, hopefully. Um, by the way, hmm. a Lyme Land Trust mm -hmm. is in per perpetuity. Wow. So that's our deal. Right. We protect everything. Absolutely. Forever. Right. So we need money for that, and we need to come up with ways to support everything that we do so that we're going to be here forever. Absolutely. So We've got a little bit more time left, but before we do say goodnight, let's talk about the Tory de Lyme coming up in about two, little less than two weeks. Right. When, where, and what time? So uh, it's June 5th, Kay. Sunday, June 5th, at Ashland Farm, which is 78 Bill Hill Road in Lyme. Right. Um, it starts at 7. So people start registering, the registration opens at seven. First rides leave at eight. Um, they, they leave every 15 minutes after that. And the goal is for everyone to come back by noon. Okay. And then food, beer, cider, music. And that usually, it usually ends about two, 2.30. Okay. So we just gotta pray for nice weather. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the one, fingers crossed. Absolutely. But it happens anyway, yeah. by the way. It's rain, rain or shine. Rain or so, shine. Yeah. Now, do you ride or? Oh, no, no. no you're, the, am, you're there I'm, working. I'm Command Central, so, okay. yeah, um, so I'm working the whole time, making sure everything happens the way it's supposed to happen. And everything goes off without a hitch. But I have to say, we hmm. have probably over 70 volunteers that make it happen. Like, there you I go. could not do this without all the volunteers. No, of course and, not. And um, everybody that does, I mean, from rest stops to parking to registration to setting up signs. I mean, it's, it's a yeah. huge project and everyone, the community's there to support us. Christina White from the Lime Land Trust, thanks for some time. We'll see you again Thank soon. You Thank you for having you. me. Thank you. On behalf of Christina White, I'm Pete Mazzetti. Thanks, good night, we'll see you next time. <laughs>